turn to your seat and turn with me to the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6 to 15. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6 to 15. Again, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6 to 15. And a warm, happy Workers' Day to all those who are workers in this church. Tomorrow is May Day, and happy Workers' Day. And I hope, you know, when Pastor Mbewe was preaching to all during the APC conference, APC, African Pastor, no, APC now, you know, African Pastor Conference, and he looked at our congregation and he said, he, he spoke to me in this way. He said, when I began, I think that was not preaching, that was, when he met us on, uh, on that Monday night, he passed through a picture or how their church looked like when they began. And most of them were young people. And the, the, the testimony of our mother church is that most of those young men now, 35 years down the line, runs the government. You have magistrates. You have ministers of the federal government. You have uh, lawyers, senior, senior advocates, lawyers from that congregation. You have head of big medical facility, owners of banks in their church now. And it is a 35 years labor over lives. And as I look at us, we have a lot of young people in our church, young parents in our church. It is that you give attention to what God is teaching us in this church so that if all of us in this church are Christian indeed at workplace. What a beauty we will bring to this world. If all of us here grow up to become judges, like Mrs. Lard, become the Chief Justice of the Federation, I mean, how beautiful it will be that it can be said that if it is bribe, forget about it. <laughs> forget about it. One of the beautiful things, we, we disagree with deeper life at a level, and I will explain. We disagree with deeper life as a church, as a congregation, on the fact of the aspect of your theology that call holiness perfectionism. Holiness perfectionism is a byproduct of Wesleyan Methodism that's trying to postulate that the Christian, you can be a Christian living in this world without sin. You can be perfect. You can be stainless while still living on earth. And that runs foul to the testimony of the scripture. But one thing that's classical deeper life, I'm not talking of today's deeper life, okay? One thing that classical deeper life uh, were known for is that if your exam invigilator is a deeper life member, if your project supervisor is a deeper life member, if, if your director is a deeper life member, guess what? Forget about it. The idea of let me go and talk to him to bend things for me is almost an uh, impossibility. If a deeper life member catch you cheating an exam in your final year, can you beg? Of course, there's an extreme there's an extremity, but it is that let, let it be known that if it is bribe issue, 
and time is coming like this, they should scatter. I say, if you hear, then the minister will hear. That kind of a thing. Of course, they will hate you for it, isn't it? Ah, you'll be the number one enemy terrorist in that office. And people will pray for you to die. In fact, they will begin to threaten you. I know civil service very well. They will start putting charm in your <laughs> under your seat. Some empty charm to threaten you. Because money is coming. Millions pass to your table. And you are saying, I'm a child of God. If it means losing my job, I'm a child of God. May that become our testimony one of these days. So happy workers' day, happy workers' day. Let's rise to read the scriptures. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6 to 15. Let's rise in honor of the word of God. Now, we command you, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Now we command you, brothers and also sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother or sister who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us. Because we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labor, we worked nights and day that we might not be a burden to any of you. It was not because we do not have the right, but to give you in ourselves an example to imitate. For even when we were with you, we will give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. As for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with him, that he may be ashamed. Do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, the entrance of your world give Light give life. And we pray that illumination, understanding, clarity, obedient hearts, circumcised hearts may happen among your people today that we may do your will. In Jesus' name. Please return to your seat. The subject for our consideration today is willing to work willing to work. I have laid down uh, the theology and the worldview of Christian work ethics last year during a service like this. When I expressed my thoughts and, this, and the biblical uh, thoughts that work 
is not as a result of the fall, that work is a part of creation ordinance. That before Adam fell in the Garden of Eden, God had commanded him to work, to look after the garden and to tend to it. So Apostle Paul is dealing with this issue of idleness in the church of Thessaloniki uh, for the third time. The first time he, he dealt with this issue of idleness as he spoke to us in verse 10 was when he was there physically. When he was there at Thessalonica or Thessaloniki, he admonishes the idol in the church, the lazy people in the church. The second time it, that he uh, brought their attention to the issue of idleness was in his epistle, his first epistle in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14. And Paul, writing to them in chapter 5, verse 14 of 1 Thessalonians, he said, we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. And the third time he will mention this issue of idleness is in the passage that is before us this morning. A quick caveat. Because of the limited time I have to deal with this issue, I will, I will say something that I don't want you to misunderstand. The idea of the motivation to work, to give ourselves to honest work, is, is not in prejudice to the idea that there are some people that may not be able to work. There are some human beings that are incapacitated because of a health issue. Like if a person is, uh, is it quadriplegic? How do you call that thing? You are paralyzed from the neck to, uh, you can't work. It's obvious you can't work. There are some that have ment mental illness. They can engage themselves in meaningful enterprise and so on and so forth. I'm aware of that. This is without prejudice to all those realities. And again, this also is without is, is prejudice to those who are retired, okay? Uh, if you are uh, senior, senior citizens and retired, uh, uh, yeah, there's a possibility that uh, some measure of, uh, of inactivity might be found because if you worked for 35 years, and they want to take rest. Uh, even, even at that, uh, retired people are not tired. It's in, it's not, we are retired, but you are not uh, tired. It is, it is a biblical thing that retirees engage in meaningful work, the work that they can do during the retirement. Uh, that, is, that is what I want to like, uh, push this forward. <laughs> We are not aware why this issue is recurrent in the Church of Thessalonica. There are a lot of uh, scholarship around this. The popular and classical one is that this church, men and women became idle because of first, Second Thessalonians chapter two. They were waiting for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. For some even say the rapture had taken place. There was a pseudo letter, what they called, what uh, Lion Muhammad would call uh, fake news. There was a letter that bear Paul's signature, purported to be written by Paul, 
that the Lord, the day of the Lord had come. And people say, ah, if, if the end of the age had come, why work? That is a normal, normative explanation uh, regarding this issue in the church of Thessalonica. Uh, my careful scholarship a bit disagree with this because it is not clear, the Bible is not explicit about the reason why idleness is a subject to be dealt with by Apostle Paul here. In fact, some have gone ahead to extrapolate some Jewish traditions. Uh, I've done some, rhythm, some, some, uh, uh, some turnover in, in the Talmud to, just to figure out why Apostle Paul is writing about idleness and work. Well, I don't want to get into those uh, speculations. My conviction is that idleness is a general problem. It is not only familiar or consistent with the Church of Thessalonica, it's a human issue. It's a falling human issue. I'll give you an example. Some of you that have done management in the, at the university level, and we have done uh, administration, and if you are going to organize uh, a company or a workforce, there are theory of administration ranging from the classical theory to the theory of people like uh, Abraham Maslow, uh, uh, the Eric of Needs, that uh, people who work based on their needs. Okay. And uh, scientists like McGregor, don't bother yourself, who is McGregor? <coughs> These are not Christians. <coughs> he says something like this. And this is another Christian. He said that human beings will not work if given the opportunity. Human beings on their own will not work. For instance, if Rotaio stood up this morning and said, okay, all of you, hey, hey, believers in this church, each person take one billion. And then one billion is given from Oche to all of us. I mean, cash in Ghana must go, in dollars. We like dollars. What do you think will happen? What do you think? We'll start booking flights to, to the Caribbean islands and uh, we don't really like work. How many of you like work? Particularly if you are of a village type. How many of you like work? Like during rainy season now. If you live in the village and your father says, let's go to farm. Ooh. Then your tummy starts paining you. And okay, don't worry, when we get to the farm, you'll be, you'll be fine. Yeah? Who like work? And he said, people don't like work. The only way you can make people to work is by coercion, threats, and so on and so forth. For instance, for the civil servant in this house this morning, what if the law of the land says you can come to work anytime you like? What will happen? Answer me, what will happen? He said, anytime, 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 kind of a laser affair, anytime, 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 you come to work. What will happen is that some of you here that are Christians will come to work by 2, uh, uh, 2 p.m. and close. Even now that there is a law, directors come to work by maybe 12, and by 2 o'clock they are back again to their houses. We don't like to work. And uh, Paul is admonishing the Christian church that not working 
is a sin against God. It's a sin against God. What then is idleness? <clears throat> a, a dictionary definition puts idleness as a quality or state or condition of being lazy, inactive, or idle. The biblical definition talks about aversion to work. You have work phobia. Don't work. You want to just, if I, you want to lie down so that food will just drop from here. If it's possible for food to drop into your mouth, and then by miracle, you evacuate that food from your body without going to the toilet, we will like it. We don't want to work. Laziness. So as Paul uh, was right to this church, there are three sets of audience that I think is addressing. He's addressing the entire church and laying down the commandment of the Lord. He, he also addressed the, the lazy people in the church, and then he addresses the, the laborers, the active laborers in the church. Let's look at the first set of uh, address. The first is the command to the entire church. The command to the entire church. Verse 6. Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you receive from us. Verse 14. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with him, that he may be ashamed. There are three things Paul wants the church to do to those who are idle among them. And it comes by the way of commandments. Why is it by the way of commandments? Every truth is commandments. Truth are non-negotiable. What Paul is laying out is nothing but the truth. And it's coming by way of a strong commandment, having the backing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Say, I command you in the name of Jesus to do these riches. The first thing you want the church to do is stay away from lazy people. Look at verse 6. Say, stay away from idle people. As a church, this is the first rule. Those who are known to be lazy, idle, clinically idle, stay away from them. Why? Because idleness is contagious, isn't it? It's contagious. Because one is either busy working or busy with Satan. In fact, idleness is never idle. There is no inactivity in a real sense. If you are not working productively, you are doing something. Uh, not working is even work in a way, just that you are working for Satan. Because an idle mind is devil's uh, workshop. And ask David. David is a classical example of idleness. He was working one evening on top of his house, doing nothing, and then he saw Bathsheba, and the rest is history. And this is idea of work doesn't mean you should be working 24 hours. Uh, no, no, no. He's, he's talking about those who are idle. He said those who are working in idleness. I hope you are familiar with the word working. Idea of working in the New Testament speaks to a way of life. It doesn't mean 
You should not take a nap or no, there are some days you don't really, really want to work. I, I, do you agree with me? Eh? Even those who are very good at work, there are some days your body will not just want to respond. You want to stand up, your body will not respond. It happens once in a while. But the scripture is pointing to those who are lazy. And the pattern of laziness have been identified in their life over time. It is like this who they are. They pride themselves in idleness. And the Bible said, stay away from them. Don't have them for friends. Idleness is contagious. It's contagious. Trust me. Very soon your work life will go down if your friend is an idle person. For instance, some of you that are students, have you ever come across a friend in school that is not reading? And you are the one reading. And as you are reading, they are making noise. What happened over time is that when the first and second result comes out, those idle people will have A's. And then you will start having like C. You say, why am I reading so much and I'm getting C? And then these guys have an A, and then they show you the way. And before you know, you, you no longer read. See, it's, it's not by reading, it's by grace. It's by grace. <laughs> Once your roommate is idle with books, stay away, stay away. You will soon not, you will, begin, you will become lazy sooner or later. It's just that how do you stay away for, from your wife that is lazy? That is another thing for another day. <laughs> you are yoked together, so that's a different matter. So the church were admonished to stay away from idols. Let it be known from the door that this congregation as a whole does not, does not admit those who are idle. Secondly, he asked the church to stick to imitation of apostolic tradition. But this idea of work, Paul calls it a tradition that he left for them. Verse 7, for you yourselves know how you, you ought to behave and to imitate us. Because we were not idle when we were with you and continue and continue. You see, when Paul was with them as an apostle, he was working with his hand. He was a tent maker. And tent making in those days is, is not with a sewing machine. It's, they are using raw needle to put skin cover, skin canopy together. It's hard work. And then he will preach sometimes all through the night. And then he, he work for his money in the daytime. And this become like a tradition that he left for them by way of example. And this idea of work is not just being minimal. He used the word, we labor. Look at verse uh, 8. He said, we toil and labor. Work that is marked by toil and labor, by physical exertion or mental exertion. You are giving all your potential to that activity. It is a tradition because God himself is a worker. Jesus said, my father worked till now, therefore I work. God could have created this world in seconds. But look at how he works systematically, carefully, by design. And you will need to rest on the seventh day. God is a worker. Jesus was a worker. Look at his itinerary. Massive itinerary in his day. 
They were not lazy people. And the apostles, they were never lazy people. They worked hard. They were not a burden to people. And the tradition that the apostles laid down for the church is that maybe about three or four things that you, you, you should take pride in paying your own bills. He said, when we were with you, we never ate anybody's food without paying. I mean, what Paul is saying is not just like, it's not saying he never ate free food like, like next week night is our fellowship meal. And then uh, people bring food from their, their houses. Briar will bring food, adults will bring food, and then and then some of us that are bachelors come around to eat. Pastor now say we should never eat that pay. That's not what he's talking about. Of course, we eat free food once in a while. But the idea is that Paul is saying, I was never a leech. In those days of Paul's ministry, there were no hotels. So you stay with people, isn't it? You live with people. And you're going to stay with the family for six months or one year. And then you are just eating. You're just eating. You're not contributing anything. You are, you are a parasite. And then you are sucking your host dry. And when the host becomes tired, you pick your bag and walk to another brother's house. You say, no, this church, there's no more love. There's no more love. Lazy people know there's no scripture that, of love. They won't tell people how for the past one year you'll be laboring to feed them. Now that you are beginning to be tired. They say, oh, love has left the church. Oh, that may be totally the day of the apostles. No, and the apostles, they brought all their things to the feet of the apostles. No, no, no. Oh, God, pay your bills. Have pride. Take pride in pay your bills. As of course, there are some instances where paying your bills is difficult. But as much as it's within, it depends on you. Let there be willingness to pay your bill. Don't be a leech. And Paul said they should remember the virtue of not being a burden. He said, verse 8, we walk day and night that you might not be a burden to any of you. Take, there's, a, there's, there's a virtue not being a burden. Those who are hard workers, you will notice when they are old, they are in their 80s, and they are sick. Just to take care of them, look at have parents that are old, you can bear me witness. Just to take the moment they could no longer take care of themselves, it becomes so painful to them that you are not, you are not clean them up. You are you are you are help. They, they, they really want to work as much as is within your capacity. Don't be a burden to anybody, not even your children. Some of us see our children as our pension. And then you became a burden to them. And then you barmore the white men. Oh, those white men, when their parents are old, they go and keep them in the, uh, uh, in, the in the care home. Be careful how you look at that thing. I think we should, be, we should do care home in this country because sometimes somebody can be a burden to somebody. And uh, I'm just thinking aloud. And uh, one of the traditions Paul laid down for the church is that you should starve the idol, let him not eat. Let him not eat. Don't feed. And you know, it was General Basso that said, that he said it during the first term of uh, 
Jean Boire, I think when Boire was speaking for a second time, and he wrote a letter. You know, he, he, he writes letters. I'm talking of Matthew Okikiola. Uh, what is that name? He said, he said, in the army, we learn not to reinforce failures. He sees an, a government that was inept by all standards. Voting them again is reinforcing failure. The beauty of democracy is that you vote in the government, if they're not keeping to their own part of the bargain, what do you do? You vote them out. If you vote them in again, either by crook or by whatever means, you are reinforcing failure. You are not helping them. I am not helping the next generation because <clears throat> if this one succeeds, the, other, the next election becomes worse than the other election because you can win without working for your votes. If you, if you are feeding a lazy person in the church, more lazy people will arise. Because they see church as a, as a charity uh, 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 organization. And then, feed me, 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 feed me. And then, you are, you are not helping them. Because being a Christian means God has redeemed work. And we must see work from a redemptive angle. Paul charged the church to starve the lazy people. He warned them and encouraged them to have pride, to pay their bills and not to be a burden and to stay away from idle people. Secondly, he commanded the idle, verse 12. Verse 12. Paul said, for those who are idle in the church, he said he is giving a command and also an encouragement. He said, I command you to walk quietly. And I think the idea of quietness is a contrast to the lousiness of being a busybody. Because when you're not working, that's where you know, you know, you know everything in this estate. You know, if you're not working, you are just, your eyes are running around, you know, oh, you are the, your, your house is the equator of gossip. If there's any gossip around, you can trace it back to the house of a lazy person. No? So, so, so you walk quietly. That's a command. That's a non-negotiable command that you work quietly, diligently, honestly for your own uh, money. And the encouragement is that so you can earn a living. And what Paul is saying is that if you work diligently and honestly, God will bless the work of your hand at least at the minimum you earn your living. There will be food on your table. God will be wicked not to reward you for the labor that you're putting into your works. Of course, um, there are sometimes you work and then for some natural reasons, like you go to the farm now and you plant and rain, rain refuse to fall. That's a different matter altogether. Or you enter into a business and become fraudulent and you lose money. That's a different matter. Of course, you were not smart. That's why you were outsmart, something like that, but, but it's okay. You, you, things may not work the way you planned, but let it be at the back of those who are idle that it is a commandment to work. Work! Get back to work. Find work to do. By all means, be working. By all means, find something to do. 
And by the way of motivations, if you find something to do, there will be a reward for your labor. And that is the sentiment of verse 12. So he commands the church, he commands the idol, and then he encourages the laborer. Verse 13. And he's asking those who are in the church, who are active givers, who are helping not to grow weary. Because what happens sometimes, according to the book of Timothy, was that because of the wickedness that will abide in the church and in the last day, the love of many will wax cold. So a brother's cameo said to us, as far as I'm concerned, before I die, I'm not going to help anybody again. That kind of idea. So don't grow weary. There will be people that will need help. Within the church community, there are widows, there are orphans who need temporary help. There are those who are physically sick that need help. You can channel your money through the office of the church to, to get to those who need it. By all means, you must be working. And you cannot, because of the wickedness of lazy people, stop doing good work. That would be also sinful. You can't say, oh, since everybody is lazy, let all of us become lazy. No, you have to work. You have to work. Don't grow weary in doing what is good. So he encourages those who are givers, those who are loving people. I mean, and I've seen a great example of what I'm telling you in this church. Thank God there's nobody knows the brother I'm talking about. Sometimes he'll give me money. Say, Pastor, give to this person, give to this person, give to that person, but never you mention my name. And it's fine. And the money goes to helping people. What is wrong is that such people, the church can become a leech on them, isn't it? The former church I pastor, the reason why rich men don't come to that church is if a rich man enter that church today, in two weeks' time, he'll be made the chairman of building committee. You are not even careful about whether the man is saved, but because he came to church with a, a big car, sometimes a, a man that came to church with a big car is owing. <laughs> It's all your money. The, the engine of a Toyota Corolla is, is less than a million. But the man who is riding uh, Prado, how much is the engine of a Prado? The engine of a Prado can buy your own, can buy two cars. The type of uh, yeah, 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 our cars, you know, that kind of a thing. So before you know, say, ah, this man, where is he working? If I, in some churches where they do tight card. The pastor sit carefully and look at the tithe card. If a man pay his tithe faithfully, like the man pay a tithe of 300,000, ah, so this man is earning, how much is 300,000 tithe? That's 10%, that's 3 million. So they just start calculating their, their project in the pocket of members. Because the church too can become lazy, not following the scriptural way of raising money, and begin to pigeonhole people's pockets to, to do God's work. And the pastor too can become a leech on the members, no? Idleness. Some of our friends that are, some of you that are going to ministry, never be idle. Instead of becoming a burden to the church, go and write taxi and feed your family. It's not a shame. It is a shame to beg. Trust me. As a pastor, uh, uh, urgent, uh, pastor, urgent 2K. That is how the, 
the community of believers are. We are marked by work, healthy work ethics. Not overworking and not underworking. We work because our father work. Few points of application. Eh? Why is this scripture relevant to our workers? Almost all of us are working in this church. It is because precisely we live in Nigeria where there are no good example of healthy work community. From pastors to politicians, the way we work in this country today somehow, for instance, if I, the way we work in this country doesn't really give us motivation to work. Somebody is a civil servant and is earning, how much is the minimum wage? 30,000 is the minimum wage. For some states have not even implemented that 30,000 minimum wage. And before you know, this guy earning 15,000 naira a month is building houses and is buying cars. And then you are going to ask them, ha, ha. they say, ah, now God rule. And then they come to church and give testimony and give fat offering. And you are wondering, maybe there is a brother Tam there who is also a civil servant and he's not doing what others are doing. They say, ah, he's stingy, he's stingy. So look at our politicians, they don't work. Ever since oil was discovered in the Niger Delta, we stopped working as a country, isn't it? End of the month, commissioners of finance from East State come to Abuja to do what? To share. There are some states that will not mention their name. They will even take that money through transfer. They take it in cash. So you see bullion van from Central Bank, Sarin, down, I'm talking of southern side of Abuja, side of a state, that kind of village state, where they keep money in cash. And then, a young man in your community that have even go to school, become a politician, become a thug. And in two months, a thug is made, is given a chieftaincy title. Why should you work? Well, you can just do yahoo, yahoo, na, 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 na. You are pam, 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 and in one week you are there. Why will you work? When pastors and politicians, I mean, people enter ministry because the fastest way to be rich in this country is politics and, uh, and pastor work. You see, just carry Jacob up to the market and buy fine, fine clothes and start making claims. Heavy claims. No? There's one guy that was, one apostle was making claim. I saw it yesterday. I mean, I was waiting in the hospital, so I have idle time to <laughs> Oh, idle time. And he said, he was working an oil company in Benue State. Trust me, there's no oil company in Benue State. There's a depot. There's a petrol depot in Benue State, in Makodi. There's no oil company. He said, he served as a little copper in an oil company. And he said, to tell you that what I'm saying is true, I work in the audit section or some account section, that the dimension of that oil company is 450 kilometer radius. 450 kilometer radius. I said, ah, my, where's my mathematics? I mean, 450 kilometer radius is like from here to where? To Akure. So is there any oil company around these middle belts that extend from Makodi to Abuja? And he said he was working there. I was making some lousy how he stopped death 
from happening at the NNPC, that people should die in that NNPC. And when he came there, he fasted and death stopped. So all I need to do is to call the people like Jacob behind me, get like five bodyguards, enter my moving room, and say, okay, if you come to our church, miracle, miracle, happen, like miracle, miracle, like, and then testimony that never happened. Of one day, one person head caught, pastor put it back, and then head is not taken. You know? Archbishop Duncan of Ghana was giving a testimony. So why he was a student, student of uh, ben, uh, Idawosa in Benin, that there's some village in uh, those states where the members of uh, the Church of God Mission were molested. And say, Idawosa now stood and said, under 24 hours, people should start dying like foul, like that. And the man said, preach for the prophet. He said, within 24 hours, people were dying in that village every hour. And the king of that village has run to the Oba of Bini. And the Oba of Bini has to come and beg Daosa to stop the death. And Daosa said, if anybody even beg him, the death will increase. How many of you have ever heard that story anywhere in the world? I'm a uh, patient from those states. Is there any village in those states that because the prophet spoke, the whole people start dying like, like foul? No, sir. Because we don't verify issues. I can just and say, I'm a healer. I have, I, have raised, I have raised 10 people. You will believe me. Trust me. He said, he's a medical doctor now. He used to be a medical doctor. He's not a pastor. He cannot lie. Who tell you that a medical doctor cannot lie? <laughs> oh, med uh, medical doctor lie. I can remove your appendix. <laughs> no, it is the word of God you can trust. There's no good example of work ethics in this country. Your example must be God, Jesus, and the apostles. They are workers. Look at their life and imitate them. If you imitate our politicians and our pastors, you will not work. Secondly, friends, there is both pride and satisfaction in honest work. The Bible said the labor, it said the food of a laborer is sweet. The food you are eating as a result of your work, the Bible says it's sweet. There is pride and satisfaction in honest work. I want to mean honest work. I'm repeating honest work because not, not all works are works. Standing as the four is not work, even though it's work. It's work. Ah, 15 men average in a day is work, but it's not work. Yahoo, Yahoo is not work. Corruption is not work. Moving people's file from one cabinet to another cabinet and say you can't see them is not work. Climbing the ladder of success, you know, a lady was being proud one day. All of a sudden, from junior star became head. He said, I climb by my skirt. Climbing by the skirt is not work. Moving ballot boxes is not work. Even though you are working, you are carrying, you know, see the picture of ballot box snatchers on the bike. <laughs> ballot box S-packs is not work. You can get money actually from it. You can buy houses. Some persons have been to Italy and they have built, did I say Italy? And they have built hotels in their hometown. It's not work. 
Work that is honest, that is legitimate. In fact, drug is not work. Running cocaine and marijuana is not work. It is that Christians work legitimately, honestly, legally, and earn their honest living. They will not overcharge and they will not undercharge. Stealing is not work. Number three, brothers and sisters, we should be ruthless against idleness in our own lives and in the lives of other people. We are not prone to work by nature. We are lazy by nature. We are lazy by nature. We should deal with laziness in our own life. If not, we will be troublemakers. The church of God is regimented, is, is, is ruled by commandment and laws. It's a regimented community. You are saved to do good works. Work, you must have to work. Be ruthless against idleness. So you'll not be meddling with other people's business. If you're not working there, they will use you well, well. You know what the other person did? You, all the stories. You, you. Some of you even know what, what Tinibu ate this morning. There's some of you here. If they ask you, where is Tinibu now? Even his wife cannot tell you, where, but you know where Tinibu is. You are lazy. Some of you even know what is troubling Buari. As if you are with him. You are idle. You are reading all kinds of newspaper. You finish punch, you drop it, you finish vanguard. You drop it, you finish it. Those who are successful don't have time for all those things, fam. Because that will not put food on your table. Idleness, great poverty, that's where I'll be closing to them. Is it not surprising, and I'm quoting Samadayemi, that Samadayemi is a preacher in Lagos, is a charismatic prosperity preacher in Lagos. His church name is uh, Desta. He's been to Canada recently. We spent about two years in Canada. And I think his head is talking correctly now. He said, how come we're preaching prosperity for 40 years and Nigeria is the capital of, uh, of poverty? He said, something's wrong with our theology. We are poor because we are lazy. We are not working. Sharing oil money is not work. Borrowing money from IMF is not work. It's not work. And being reformed does not mean poverty. Because money is good. All of you came here this morning by money, isn't it? The clothes on your body is what? It's money. There's no free food anywhere. If you're eating free food, someone paid for it. Poverty. In Nigeria, guys, Sometimes it bothers me. I ask myself, what this this, this sorry, I'm not civil servant, I'm not insulting you. Anytime I go to federal civil servant, what, what do they do, self? You see them sitting down, gisting. You see, salami, sorry. <laughs> when you get to civil servant, this is the airport. Except there are few people that carry things and they are selling from office, but the rest of them, they are talking about permanent secretary, they, all they know is how to do strike to do a labor union. And then the labor union will declare strike. The leader will go and meet government and collect their own bribe. They'll call up this. All kinds of funny things. And then 
big tummy. The policeman is so big that he cannot even carry himself. We are poor people. It is poor people that steal money that they cannot use. Ah, if you steal 10 billion, you are a poor man. You are poor in your brain. What do you do with 10 billion? You are so afraid. Let me steal. Let me steal. Let me steal. Let me steal. Proverbs 24, verse 30 to 34, said, I walked by the field of a certain lazy fellow and saw that it was overgrown with thorns. It was covered with weeds. Its wall were broken down. Then I look and I learn this lesson. A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest means that poverty will break in upon you suddenly like a robber and violently like a bandit. Proverbs 22, verse 11 to 13. He said, He who values grace and truth is the king's friend. The Lord preserves the upright but ruins the plans of the wicked. And he said, the lazy man is full of excuses. I can't go to work, he says. If I go outside, I might meet a lion in the street and be killed. That's a lazy man. Proverbs 20, 13. Love not sleep, lest you come to poverty. I can go on and on. Proverbs 15, verse 19 to 21. He said, for lazy people, life is a path overgrown with thorns and thistles. But for those who do what is right, it is a smooth pathway. And then he continued. Proverbs 28, verse 19. Whoever walks his land will have plenty of bread. If you're not working, you are the reason why many of us are poor. Trust me. If I'm walking and we are 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 walking, and the Lord is blessing the work of our hands, we'll have more than enough to support ourselves. Africa does not have any business with borrowing. It's just that we are not working. We are not working. And let this church be marked by industry. From pastor to members, let it be marked by industry. Hardworking people. And this become, begins with a life that we share with Christ. If, if you're not a Christian, you don't really understand this. But if you're a Christian, you understand you have shared a life with Christ. And you will work. Because by working, you are glorifying God. You are helping the weak. You are supporting the system. You are paying your taxes. And then people will live peacefully. This is my encouragement to those who are working today. Work. Banish laziness. There is nothing like miracle money. Nothing like raise up your phone. Miracle alerts. These are, these are scammers. They are charlatans. That, that, I, I, don't, I don't spare them. Even the guy on the airport road has done that miracle thing. Raise up your phone. There is nothing. Even if I have raised up your phone, assuming there's an alert. Of course, it never enter my own. I was there. I raised my phone. Right, 2012. They say, Pastor, Pastor. I said, enter my own. Enter my own. Because if, the, if you enter your phone, where was that money transferred from? We don't have cash. 
There's no miracle money. There's a guy in Zimbabwe that pray for gold dusts. He's a pastor. Say if you pray, gold will be falling on people's body. He's been arrested for being a gold trafficker. Pastors. And some of you that think money come by miracle, all the big men that run big mega church in Nigeria, I don't want to mention their names. They are business people, okay? They are not with God, they are not getting money by a miracle at all. It is you. It's like a pyramid, it's like you know, uh, multi-level uh, marketing. That's why when they are taking offering time, blessing time, Malaka chapter 3, it is you. <laughs> and then they take that money. The one here owns estates. If you go to winners, do you know how many second school they have? Do you know how many universities they have now? Are they living by miracle? They are working. They are doing business. Some of them are doing. <laughs> There's one, I tell you, one here. They show me his spa. He runs spa. A pastor runs a spa for massage. <laughs> they are working. You, you are little of your students. And then they, they say, I bless you. I command blessing upon your life. You cannot be poor again. And then they say, it is your mother in the village. Lazy people have excuses. And pastor help them to sustain that excuses. There's no rich anywhere in the village that's making you poor. Poverty. The reason why I'm poor is that my father was not rich. And his father was not rich. Simple. Let's work hard. And let's talk to our friends who go to other churches who believe that money is by miracle. That no, money comes by diligent, honest work. May God give us understanding and happy workers there. Father, take this word and plant it deep in our hearts. Banish faithlessness and wickedness and laziness from our country. That all of us that are Christians will be a good example of what work is in our society. And let it be that you bless the work of our hands, that we may have enough to feed our family, to put clothes on our body, and to help the weak and the poor in the society. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.